0: Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a Biblical perspective. 2020 Weekdays on Vision Christian Radio.
1: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
0: Foundations
1: and the law then was that you can't just go into the king's presence without him summoning you. To do so could result in execution. And being queen, was no that was no guarantee that mm. she'd get away with it. She was like a dead woman walking.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We've been studying about Mashiach for quite some time. We've learned so much about him. And we've learned how confused many of the rabbis are about this important Jewish person. They have conflicting ideas about who he is and what he's going to do. One thing almost all of them agree upon with each other is that Jesus isn't him, because he's supposed to come as a victorious warrior, not as someone who would suffer and die. But one of the most contentious issues is whether or not Mashiach is supposed to rise from the dead. We're going to see what Judaism teaches and believes about that on today's program.
1: It's really fascinating, actually. The more you learn about Judaism, the more you learn that it disagrees with itself such a lot, or for convenience sake, over the years, how it can conveniently adapt itself yes, to say, no, we, we don't We don't believe that. We never did. <clears throat> don't <laughs> look too deep into the records, yeah, but right. we never did. <laughs> so, yeah, really fascinating subject because the resurrection is probably, I think, probably the most important doctrine of the Christian faith. Mm. Because If there's no resurrection, we're all in a right pickle. So again, going on with some more study from the Ministry of One for Israel, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sight. Really important to have a look at the mindset around the time of Jesus. Because don't forget, as we've said before, they're under the boot of Rome and they were uh, very, very oppressed. Not just from Rome, but Herod the Great, too, was a maniac and life was pretty precarious Mm. there. So, yeah, they were desperate for somebody to come along and liberate them and free them. They were looking for a political king, realistically, not a saviour who was going to save them from their sin, because don't forget, the religious leaders didn't think they were sinful anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, you mentioned uh, One for Israel, and there's some wonderful articles on that website, oneforisrael.org. But there's an article there about what Judaism believed with regard to the resurrection of the Messiah, and that's obviously what we're talking about on this program. According to this article, ancient Judaism actually did believe that Messiah would come to suffer and die for the people, but crucially that he would rise from the dead after three days.
1: Well, so That's really a big sticking point, isn't mm. it? Because that's very, very specific time period. Yeah. I have a question. Have you ever heard of the theology of catastrophic messianism?
0: Hmm. can't say that <laughs> I have.
1: <laughs> I read about this regularly yeah, at breakfast. Right. It was new to me as well. Uh, It's basically a theology that developed around about 4 BC after Herod the Great died. And I don't know, perhaps everybody was, you know, sighing with relief that one maniac Mm. was gone. I don't know. But apparently his demise sparked a huge revolt by the Jewish people against the Romans. Maybe they thought with one gone, the other wouldn't be so hard to get rid of. And like I've mentioned before, they were just absolutely fed up with Roman occupation and the fact that the Romans were brutal. Like, they weren't just brutal, they were cruel. And they almost delighted in their cruelty. So it was out of this rebellion that several Jewish heroes, one of them was named Simon, rose up. Unfortunately, the rebellion failed pretty badly and many Jewish cities and communities were destroyed and burned. So, Mm. unfortunately, Rome won again. So, you can see they were desperate Mm. for a liberator, a warrior king like David. And so, the Jewish hero Simon, uh, he died during this rebellion, and then a religious theology grew up around him called Catastrophic Messianism. Now, this theology embraced, surprisingly actually, the humiliation and the suffering and death of whoever the Messiah was going to be. But interestingly, uh, this death and humiliation, according to this catastrophic messianism theology, was an essential part of the ultimate redemption that the Messiah was going to bring. Now, that sounds so conflicting to wanting mm. a, a warrior. Yeah, that's right. You can see where confusion comes <laughs> yeah. in. It's like they're trying to embrace everything all at once. Mm but having to decide which one, but depending on which way the political wind's blowing determines yeah. which one they're going to embrace. So not only that, but this theology is based on Scripture and Scripture that we've spent a lot of weeks looking at and it also included the belief that the Messiah would rise from the dead after three days. Now, I want to tell you about... a a fantastic archaeological discovery in Jerusalem. It was written about in the New York Times in July of 2008, and the article was uh, penned by Ethan Bronner. So I just want to read you a short excerpt. It says, A three-foot-tall tablet with 87 lines of Hebrew that scholars believe dates from the decades just before the birth of Jesus is causing quite a stir in biblical and archaeological circles, especially because it may speak of a Messiah who will rise from the dead after three days. If such a messianic description is really there, it will contribute to a developing, quote-unquote, reevaluation of both popular and scholarly views of Jesus, since it suggests that the story of his death and resurrection was not unique, but actually part of a recognized Jewish tradition at the time.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Isn't that amazing? Now, of course, that's not... Scripture. I mean, it's just yeah. this is an archaeological find, but I guess what it does is it actually indicates that there was a prevailing thought yeah. even pre-Christ that this idea of death and a resurrection, and specifically a three-day resurrection, was yeah. actually something that they were thinking of.
1: Precisely, and of course, as we know, we've we've learned that this was a belief from you know ancient Jewish sages and and rabbis that altered as they got more desperate, and yet. Here we are Mm. with this inscription. Now, of course, don't forget, you've got, you know, archaeology is funny, isn't it? We say the the accuracy of the scripture is amazing, but secular archaeologists say, oh, you can't trust the Bible. It's too biased and it's too corrupted. Then when you get some archaeological corroborating evidence, then they kind of want to, oh, tut, tut and cough, cough, and (laughs) I'll let nothing to see here move along. Mm. But this is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to influencing any kind of a Jewish bias. All right. So when you look at the first five words of one of the lines of text on this tablet, it's been interpreted to say this in three days live. Wow. That is remarkable, <laughs> isn't it? You yeah. kind of go, who in three days is going to live?
0: Well, I guess the three days is a bit of a theme through the Bible, isn't it? I mean, we yeah, hear lots of different stories where things happen after three yeah. days. I mean, obviously, the first one that comes to my mind would be Jonah. He spent three days and three nights in the belly of the whale.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then when he gets spat out on the beach, he's had this change of heart and Mm. mind, uh, totally convinced that it was probably a good idea to obey God (laughs) now. (laughs) That's right.
0: He learned his lesson in in a big way. He learned it
1: really well. Uh, But then there's another one, actually, and a lot of people don't think of this, the story of Queen Esther. And, uh, of course, she wasn't swallowed up by a, a giant fish or anything like that. But remember when Haman did his best to bring about the passing of a law that was going to guarantee the extermination of all the Jewish people, and she was queen, but she kept her Jewishness a secret. And then when her uncle Mordecai says, uh, "Sorry, you're not going to escape. You're going to have to go and intercede. Mm. You're going to have to do something." So she then calls for a fast, day and night, for three days, herself, her maids, and all her people. Mm. And here is her quandary. She hadn't been called to be before the king. And the law then was that you can't just go into the king's presence without him summoning you. To do so could result in execution. And being queen, was no, that was no guarantee that mm. she'd get away with it. She was like a dead woman walking in reality. So she's fasting and praying for three solid days. And then she literally says, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. Mm. And she literally walks into the presence of the king. And remember we talked uh, just a few programs ago about the authority of the scepter and the sword? Yeah, that's right. Well, King Artaxerxes actually had a scepter and it was whether or not he he welcomed her with the scepter Mm. or condemned her with the scepter. Yeah. So her life was basically forfeit unless he gave it to her. Mm. So that's another symbol of the three days and coming with a resurrection after.
0: So it was, yeah, like symbolically she was resurrected after those three days. So we're going to pick up on this idea of the third day in our next program and look at it some more and try to understand whether the third day resurrection is important for Messiah. That's next time on Foundation.